play. play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C. Hey, it's Maddie C here. Gee, welcome to the first of the regular season podcasts. We don't really have a format for this, so we're going to try and patch it together and just see if this works. Tony and I were talking through the week, and he thought it would be a cool idea to have people from across the league preview the games instead of it all just being me, which I thought was a terrific idea. So Tony is going to preview the North, and then it meant that I was able to reach out to a few other voices and get people to contribute for their divisions, which means... Mark is going to present a preview for the two matchups in the South. Taylor is going to present for the two matchups in the West. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what I expect to happen in the East. And then hopefully in future weeks, I might be able to conjure one of those guys into having a little chinwag with me. Reviewing all of this week's matchups. This is TC, the acting GM of the Squazmongers, giving you a week one preview between El Chaco and Cornhuskers. Projected score on this one is 20 points in favour of Jackal. Interesting battle here. I think the running backs for for El Charcoal are are a bit dodgy on this one. Gordon's in. He's probably going to get below his projected 11. I don't trust him at all in that Broncos uh, offence. The receivers for the Cornhuskers... Not a great deal you can expect from um, from Boyd on that one. But we do see AJ up against Boyd with the Bengals. Obviously, Joe Burrow in there trying to throw to them both. Only one of them can hit. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. This is the North Division Media Liaison TC giving you the weekly review of the North Division. In what's probably the matchup of the week, we have the Squazmongers versus the Crusaders here in the North. Uh, we got a projected win to the Squazmongers by just under a point. There's, there's matchups all over the place on this one. We got Watson versus Rogers. Uh, we got the combination of Le'Veon and Derek versus Carson, uh, and then. And Gibson with Washington, and then we got receivers. You got Julio and Gallup and Landry and Tyler. They're just all squaring off. Each position is close in this one. It can go either way. I think the depending on how these these newer guys go, Dallas obviously if they have a good show, Gallup's going to get some points. Buffalo is an unknown, so you know we got Brown in there. If he puts up a few more, there's just a lot of unknowns in this one. Some returning veterans. Some guys have changed teams. I think this is the matchup of the week. So that's it from me over here in the North Division. We got one game that looks to be a bit one-sided with Jackal taking the easy win, and uh, and I think that the team's going to take out a close victory uh, in the other matchup. So back to you, Maddie C. Reviewing all of this week's matchups. Beautiful. All right. Well, I'll start with your matchup with Joel. So. With the Struggle Town Sausage Dogs and those mighty Carabar Johnsons. Try not to look at projections too much because, as we discussed earlier today, no one knows anything at the moment. So, look, top to bottom, Joel's team is very, very impressive. I mean, like McCaffrey against that Raiders D. Raiders have no notable D that would worry me about playing McCaffrey. So 20 points there would be easy. I would, you know, so I'd bet the, the over on that. So... And Gurley, I mean, Seattle's front doesn't scare me like it used to, so I suppose you could you could almost bank on 12, 12 to 15 out of him. Breeze is always solid. Tampa Bay D, again, whether that offense will keep him off the field now that, you know, Jameis isn't throwing 300,000 interceptions a game. So, yeah, so that one looks all right to me. And then 
you know, he's, he's got the, the dart throws in Thielen and, and Brown. Thielen without digs there now could get, eat a lot larger target share. When I look at your team, Matty, always good with Barkley, even against that Pittsburgh D. You got Golladay. So there's definitely some upside there. Do I think think you may have gone a little crazy not playing digs yes it was my team i'm playing digs but not my team so good one i love a good late minute switcheroo it's um it's good nothing throws your opponent off better so so that's it um look ben coming back after not playing last year you don't know but that that giants d again is probably a good matchup for him so I, i i would give him the edge by about let's say 10 let's go double digits but not a lot i reckon 10 Barkley versus McCaffrey is going to be a hell of a hell of a matchup. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. If if I'm going to talk my team up, I thought I had to fill a time slot. I, I could end this now. No, it's uh look the matchup I'm looking forward to. I, I feel good that Kyler Murray's up against San Francisco, so I don't think he's going to destroy my poor dear old Tom Brady at the moment uh, this week anyway. Yeah, look, total dart throw on Miles Sanders, but I, it's just a feeling. I don't I don't know what it is. Nothing scientific about it. It's just a gut feel that um, he's going to put up again this year. Made that trade for Juju, so that that feels pretty good to me. I, I feel like my balance is better now post-draft. I didn't like giving up Aaron Jones, but it was a move that I think if I got to the end of the season, I would have regretted not making. So, look, his running backs are way better than mine. There's no getting around that. Mike Evans, for every touchdown he scores, obviously my quarterback's going to score, so I enjoy that. I've got Cup versus Woods. Uh, I've got Woods. Um, you know, it'll just be whoever you know, Goff decides to throw it to. Um, CD Lamb, who knows? I, I don't like anything coming from Dak, so I'm not worried about that in the slightest. And then it's Gasicki up against Hooper. So, look, I, I think we'll both clear 100. Because I've got more Dolphins than him, I'm going to get the win. Simple as that. Reviewing all of this week's matchups. Hey, it's Matty C here, and I'm just going to quickly do a preview of what's going to happen in the East Division. And hopefully in weeks going forward, I might be able to conjure one of these guys to appear on the podcast and give us some of uh, their uh, opinions about what's going to happen in the matchups, especially in these first couple of weeks where they have to play each other. So the first matchup I wanted to have a quick look down was when you see the $10 booker versus last year's grand finalist, the Gnomes. Just have a look down these rosters and it's Dak Prescott starting for $10 booker with Alvin Kamara and Tony Pollard. Alan Robinson and DJ Moore, Blake Jarwin at tight end, Deontay Johnson for Pittsburgh as the flex. And then you go across to the Gnomes and it's Matt Ryan, James White and Nick Chubb as the running backs, Will Fuller and Calvin Ridley at wide receiver, Travis Kelsey, hello, at tight end. And then Hunter Renfro in at flex. Mate, I am not going to talk about kickers and defenses because at this point the projections wash out and all you need to know is it's Prater and the 49ers for the Gnomes versus Butker and the Saints for $10 Booker and I'm not going to analyze them. So here projection is Gnomes ahead by 7 on the early projections, 99 to 106. And I've got to say, I kind of feel like that's probably going to play out. There's no more polarizing team in the NFL at the moment than Dak Prescott's Dallas Cowboys. I heard takes on the radio today hearing they're probably going to win 11 games. And I've heard other people say they're going to miss the playoffs. So goodness knows what's going to happen for Dak. But if he should go off against the LA Rams, then he's going to have a big day and it might be enough to swing it. But... I think the weak point for $10 Booker is starting Tony Pollard. Having looked down the bench, his other options he could start there, knowing that his flex is already a wide receiver, are Chase Edmonds and DeAndre Swift, who's just had the addition of Adrian Peterson into that backfield. And to boot, he's actually questionable to play with a hip injury and was limited in practice 
through Wednesday, which was Thursday Australia time. I think he's in a lot of pain at his second running back and it's going to be very, very difficult to get by without doing some kind of trade to try and maybe turn Kamara into two startable players or Kamara and one of those wide receivers into two startable players and maybe a little downgrade at wide receiver because his wide receivers are looking pretty solid. As for the gnomes though, Matt Ryan, he is going to have a heck of a time throwing at Seattle. James White, he could have a nice day out against Miami because we do see pass catching backs do all right with Cam. Nick Chubb at Baltimore. Gee, you couldn't ask for a tougher road opener. Will Fuller at Kansas City tomorrow night. I think he's one of these polarizing guys where he has had a tough offseason. He is on a unique build-up, according to Bill O'Brien. So I don't know how much I trust him, but he is one of those guys. He could He's projected 11. He could score three. He could score 23. God only knows what's going to happen there. Calvin Ridley, I feel like he could have a nice day out. The good thing about the Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley stack is if... Ridley is good enough to get into the end zone. Matt Ryan capitalizes as well. So every touchdown scores twice there. You don't mind having Travis Kelsey as your tight end. That's all right. But Hunter Renfro versus Deontay Johnson in the flexes. I feel like that could wash out. What we know about the Carolina Panthers is they spent all seven of their picks on defense. And their defense needed it. Could be some tough sledding for him. And even if there were to be some lineup swaps for the Gnomes, it's either Curtis Samuel or Naeem Hines going into the flex with Jalen Rager. Probably going to miss week one at Washington, but could be right for week two. I'm going to give the biscuits to the Gnomes. They could win by as many as 10. It might even get further than that, depending on what Will Fuller does. And uh, of course, that running back two for Scuba, it's going to be tough. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. The other matchup in the division is Brendox Birdman and Playmaker. Now, I like both these rosters in some capacity. You've got Lamar Jackson for Playmaker, who's going to be great, I think. Cleveland in Baltimore, that's not a bad way to start the season. He's got Devontae Adams at Minnesota, indoors. And uh, he's also got, as his other uh, wide receiver there, Terry McLaurin. I do like that he's got the depth to put Odell Beckham Jr. in his flex. And it could be a tough day out against Baltimore, but I think if any receiver is going to succeed, it will be Odell against Baltimore. I, I just have less faith in anybody else in that offense versus Baltimore. The running backs here, Philip Lindsay and Darrell Williams, who's going to be featured on Thursday Night Football in some capacity alongside CEH. Uh, so that'll be interesting. And Evan Engram is the tight end. But looking across at Brendan's team, he's got Carson Wentz at quarterback. David Johnson, not Duke, as he's running back one. James Conner as he's running back two. Keenan Allen and Michael Thomas as the two wide receivers. Kareem Hunt in the flex and TJ Hawkinson as the tight end. And I feel like that lineup top to bottom has just got lots more to be excited about in terms of what's solid. It's even got some upside baked into it because you just don't know what David Johnson or James Conner could do. And Keenan Allen... We just haven't seen what he and Tyrod look like, but they're playing against a terrible Cincinnati team. They are coming to the East Coast as well, though, so that's worth knowing that West Coast teams traveling East sometimes have a tough time. It's not going to be enough to deter me from taking Brendan in this one. Again, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a close matchup. It will just depend if one of these guys, say like Darrell Williams, who's only projected 4.5, say he turns into the goal line back against Houston and he gets one touchdown, that completely changes everything in his outlook. Terry McLaurin against Philadelphia, well, that defense is going to be a tough sled, but gee, what if he gets the 50-yard touchdown? He gets his whole projection in one go. So there's a fair bit that can go right for Kenny. I just think he's got it all to do against Brendan, and Brendan's going to win that one. Reviewing all of this week's matchups. Breaking down the wild, wild west. 
I just thought that I'd highlight one matchup at a certain position and then I'll quickly go through the others and then give my total score prediction and then a breakout player for both teams in, in that matchup. So I thought I'd just jump straight into myself versus James. I try not to be too biased, as I always do. I'm projected to lose by 18, but I think there's some clear issues with some of the projections. My matchup I wanted to highlight, which probably breaks down that, is Hurst versus Higby. Hurst is down for five and Higby's down for 12. The fuck is going on there? Hurst is very high pedigree and was a 25th overall pick. He moves into a role that was vacated by Austin Hooper, who was a third round pick. And Hooper was the tight end three last season on average points per game in that offense. Higby broke out at the end of the season. I'm not, this is an anti Higby post, but. I believe that he's going to share time with Everett. He's probably he might not even be the tight end one on his team, so I believe that's actually an opportunity for me there in that matchup. I'll move to the QBs, our matchup. So I like Rivers in his matchup, which is why I've streamed him. I think the passing offense moves forward with him over Brissett, and playing the Jags defense is a huge plus. I'm also not a complete moron, and James Cooley has an edge with Wilson in the QB matchup. I was just trying to talk up my guy a little bit, but especially as Wilson gets a weak Falcons defense to throw on. You have to give it to James there. RB is where I believe I have a giant edge. Edwards Alaire and Josh Jacobs versus Aaron Jones and Marlon Mack. Mack could be one half of a football game away from being called for Jonathan Taylor, and Jones has a tendency to be very, you know, he struggles his consistency a bit. Edwards, Alaire, and Jacobs are both huge breakout opportunities and will be enormous parts of their respective offenses. I'll move on to wide receiver. I think that's where James has an edge again. Hopkins and Goblin versus Chark and Cooks. I actually traded him Goblin, which may hurt me. But as I mentioned earlier, it was a trade I had to do to balance my team. I hope Hopkins starts slowly with his new team. They look for familiarity with Kirk and Fitzgerald, uh, etc. I'll have to keep an eye on the injury report of Cooks being listed as questionable with a quad issue. Uh, if he doesn't go, D-Jax will be my number two and Roald Jones will go into my flex. Speaking of flex, the matchup I again think will go to James there. Uh, Metcalf uh, could put on a good score on the Falcons' D and will have more consistency in his second year. Mine will either be D-Jax or Ronald Jones. I've already talked about D-Jax's ceiling, particularly in week one against Washington Blanks, so I'm not too worried there. Uh, I've already mentioned tight ends, and let's be honest, I'm not going to bore you with defense and kicker matchup. Bold predictions. So for James, Goldwyn in the slot with Brady. I believe he's going to lead the league in receptions this year. And against the Saints, I think that's going to get off to a good start. So I've got Goldwyn as 20-plus points. Myself, I'm going with Rivers to start his season with the Colts of a bang against an awful defense and say he scores 30-plus. Prediction? Myself, 114. James, 110. Had to go myself, obviously. Uh, but if James's team destroyed me by 40, I also wouldn't be surprised. I'll move on to Adam versus Peter. Adam has a projection to win by nine. My highlight matchup for this one, uh, there's definitely a few, but I'm going to go to tight ends again. I believe there's going to be bulk points for both players. Peter, I believe, is very unlucky in projections to have Kittle behind Hurts here. I know it's only one point, but this is a dream matchup for Kittle. Arizona gave up a historic year to tight ends last season with basically every goober that put on a jersey saw a touchdown last year against this team. Kittle is basically the receiver one, two, and three on this team. So this matchup for him is more of a sure thing than Rivers misses being pregnant at the end of the season. On the other hand, Ertz has a great matchup too and also has a depleted receiving core. But I still believe that Kittle has the high pedigree and the Eagles still have guys like D-Jax that can make a big play for him, not to mention Dallas Goddard has a huge issue of cock-blocking Zach Ertz in the end zone. 
I'm picking them to both score over 15, but I think Kittle goes large and he wins that matchup 25-16. How can you also go past this QB battle? Mahomes versus the player that people are saying is most likely to do a Lamar breakout of last year, Josh Allen. I love the Bills this year. I think they tear that division a new shitter, and Allen is going to be an enormous part of that. Getting digs will help his deep ball, and we all know Allen's work on the ground makes him very fantasy relevant. But once again, I haven't been completely stripped of my brain cells or sell. Uh, Mahomes doesn't really need to be talked about. He's going to be the QB1 this year, barring injury. He's definitely the best QB on the planet, blah, blah, blah. We all know. He wins this matchup, but look for Allen to be pushing top five this year. RB matchup is very intriguing, as it's one stud and one dud for both teams, I believe. Drake versus Mixon is very interesting, and I struggle to split them. I think they are both in for huge seasons. Fournette versus Scott is a bit of a stinker. Sorry, Odell, for if I got you all hot and bothered mentioning poop. I think Jones is still the guy until he isn't, which doesn't bode well for Fournette in week one, not to mention he's had a week to prepare for his new team. Scott will be a third down guy whose work will depend mostly on how efficient Sanders is in the passing game. I lean Adam here, but it's very close. Man, I love these guys and their respective receiving cores. Hilton is my guy. I think he goes well if he stays healthy. I think Crowder is in for a 1,000 targets in that Jets offense. I love me some AJ Brown. Come on, I'm a Titans fan. Tannehill will find him for some enormous breakout plays all season, and the guy cannot be tackled. And Marvin Jones is constantly disrespected for no reason. He will have a huge uptick on last season if staff infection stays healthy and they don't have to put a sack of shit at QB like they did last year. They all have not-so-great matchups, so I'm leaning Peter here purely because T.Y. gets Jacksonville, but again, this could go either way. Pete gets the nod again at flex here for me. Don't get me wrong, I'm a Christian Kirk trooper, but him getting Hopkins to his team decreases his value somewhat, and playing the Niners is never good for a receiver, unless it's the Saints for some reason. Waller gets the Panthers, who, like the Jags, will be awful on defense, and Waller has the relationship with Carr, whereas the rest of the receiving core looks like being mostly rookies. Once again, the defences and kickers can suck my nuts. I'm not talking about them. Bold predictions. I gave a couple for the tight ends already, but I'll go elsewhere here. Peter, I'm going my boy T.Y. to have 15-plus points and set himself up for a quality season. Adam, this may sound vanilla, but I think my home starts the season with a bang against that Texan secondary. You need to go very bold when you're talking about him, so I'm going to go 40-plus and out Jill Josh Allen, who also scores very well. The score, I'm actually going to go against the projections again here. Sorry, Adam. I'm saying Pete wins a close one, 117 to 115. Reviewing all of this week's matchups. Okay, so look, that's all the previews in. Good luck, everybody. Thursday Night Football is going to kick off Friday our time, so hopefully we can get this in and up and heard by a few people before that game kicks off. But there's also going to be some roster moves made and some projections that will change between the time this publishes and by the time games roll around on Monday our time for the bulk of them. And then there's also two Monday night games this year as well. So it's a real bit of a uh, mess in terms of how week one comes out. But hopefully this is all useful stuff and interesting and fun. And good luck to everybody in the league this week. I'll talk to you next week. Play. Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Matty C.